Graphic Nature acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record the show and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and future and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Fighting for what's right, for justice, that's what a hero does. It is my opinion, without any reasonable doubt and without any reservation, that comic books are an important contributing factor in many cases of juvenile delinquency. Comic books are pure evil. Satan himself condemns our children to the fiery depths of hell. How a particular tale can come to life in the mind of a reader is endlessly fascinating to me. We have found that all comic books have a very bad effect on teaching the youngest children the proper reading techniques. This balloon print pattern prevents that. I am not a villain. I am a victim. A victim of a society that tortured me. Vengeance will be mine. It'll be mine. It'll be mine. It'll be Welcome mine. to Graphic Nature, our fortnightly podcast exploring the inspiring world of comic books, the culture that supports it, the creators, publishers, and people behind the printed pages and digital screens pushing the medium on into the future in Australia and the world. I'm Zorin Ilyevsky. On this episode, we're joined by Ben Hutchings, the creator, as such, of comics, as well as the director and co-founder of Squishface Studios. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, uh, you've been uh, you've been working in comics for, for quite a while. How did uh, how did that all start? How did you get into it? Into doing comics, uh, I did them all through high school, and I, I got into it through self-publishing. So, started in high school, discovered the magic of the photocopier in the library. Did that a few times, started uh, paying to get comics printed a bit mm-hmm. more professionally. I always wanted to, them to stand out. I always wanted them to be the best ones, the ones on the shelf that looked a bit better than the other self-published ones. So I just put lots of money into just printing them myself. I did that for years and years. I forget how many years. Yeah, throughout the 90s into the early 2000s, I did that. Every, yeah, right. every year, I reckon I did maybe one or two comics. Travelling around to all the shows and everything. And the comic I did was called You Stink and I Don't, but I also did other ones as well. I did a fantasy comic called Dragon Hurtor. Mm-hmm. I did a horror comic called Buckets of Bile. I did a collaboration with my friend Glenn Smith uh, called Glenjamin. I did tons of different ones and little minis and, and everything. The you, the you Stink stuff, that's been collected though, hasn't it's it? It's been collected. So, yeah, eventually um, uh, after doing those comics for so long, it got a little cult following and... Um, not much of one, but I had one. And uh, following, still following. Yeah, yeah. And a dude I used to work with was working for Picture Magazine, and mm-hmm. he contacted me. He liked he liked my comics and said, "Do you want to draw one for the magazine?" So that's kind of how I got into comics in the sense of doing it professionally. I, I started doing a strip for Picture, the adult mag, mm-hmm. um, every week. Is that even around anymore? Oh, it's probably dying on its last legs. Yeah, I'm not right. sure. I shouldn't say that. That might be slanderous, but. Um, uh, they were, yeah, they were changing when I was got let go. Mm-hmm. But I did that for 11 years. Wow. And while I was doing that, yeah, that, that was good. It was like a weekly paid gig and um, it paid quite well too. So I was able to just on the basis of that one strip kind of move down here. But at the same time, when I moved down here as well, someone who liked, it was called Tales from the Pub, someone who liked Tales from the Pub, that was James Andre, 
started Milk Shadow Books and I actually knew him through Tales from the Pub because he used to submit stories for it. So I met him through that and he started a publishing company. So when I moved down, Milk Shadow Books began to publish all my back back material. Oh, right. My You Stink and I Don't and all the, all the other stuff of which there was yeah quite a bit. There was around, at, I think I'd done about 30 self-published comics at the time, something like that. Wow, that's quite a... There's a lot, quite yeah. a repertoire. Yeah, I know. So, so that that's how it worked. And yeah, for a few years he was my publisher, and I was still doing Tales from the Pub, and uh, so that's how I was in comics. In this, just on uh, Tales from the Pub. Yeah. How how much input did they have into the stuff that you were putting in the magazine? So, they came up with the concept, and then they also submitted the. They gave me the scripts. Yeah, so right. Give me a very brief script. It was very quickly blurted out it was you know some something someone had written in and then i would rearrange it and put it into panels and try and make it as funny as i could and sometimes reword it just subtly and and that sort of thing mm-hmm. to make it as funny as possible yeah so so i guess they were you know 30 percent of each one you know input but the rest was all me trying to make it good as i could you yeah. would still have to kind of work within the constraints and try and work it all out and then plot it and, and pace it and do all that kind of stuff I guess. all that yeah they were pretty bad stories like to be honest they weren't <laughs> written well and a lot of the times, yeah, they, they weren't written well. The person was obviously just typing with his left hand. So they were created. They weren't necessarily stories from a pub that someone has sent in. They were, they were just made up. No, no, they were they were true stories. Apparently, true mm-hmm. stories. Sometimes I wondered, but um, yeah, true anecdotes. Yeah, right. That was the format. It's called Tales in the Pub because it was the sorts of tales you would tell in a pub. Had yeah, didn't really right. Have okay. Anything to do with the pubs. But I'm putting them all online now. You can actually go on Facebook right now and look up Tales from the Pub. And I post every single one because there was five, four or 500, I think maybe, I can't remember, but several hundred of them, 500, I think. And and I don't want them to, dis- to disappear. So I've been posting them online every Monday. Um a new, uh, you know, or an old, an old one because they're old now. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's one of the things. And what is the? Uh, what, have you had any feedback from from all these this reposting of a lot of this work? Oh, minor feedback. Yeah, that's not blowing <laughs> everyone anyone's mind. Uh, it's got again, it's got a small following. You know, it's 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 got its own voice. It's pretty rough around the edges, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely not for everyone. That that cartoon. <laughs> I imagine it caters. It was made to cater to a certain, Correct. certain. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Demographic. 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 Yeah. Yep. It was popular in Queensland. It was popular with <laughs> sheep shearers. <laughs> apparently. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me though. It doesn't surprise me. It was really good. Uh, it was the best thing. One of the best things I've ever done, to be honest. Like, getting paid to do comics. Number one. And making them as good as I could, having someone else kind of set it up for me felt really good. I really liked that. I mm-hmm. like collaborating heaps and getting paid. And just, it was so easy. Just draw this thing over a couple of days and then get money for it. It's like ideal, man. Mm-hmm. And it let me move down here too, or wherever I wanted to move, really. Yeah. That was that. But I never stopped doing the self published stuff either, written and drawn by myself. Well, one would have begat the other. So with, with Tales from the Pub, it would have afforded you the ability to do all that other stuff yeah. and to continue doing all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it was good because I, I had enough of a job that I wanted, mm-hmm. right, which is ideal and it leaves you with it all the time you want. So you're in the studio anyway and then you can just continue on and start doing stuff you want to do, fun stuff. Yeah. And um, I've kept that up forever. So as much I want as much time as I can just to draw my own things and write my own things. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, what, 2000 and 
six and then well, a bit later than that but um i think the next professional big thing i did was the invisible war so that was the next giant collaboration what was your part in that uh illustrator right wow yeah, yeah. that was a uh, that did really well they got in touch with me and and I'd, I'd never met these people before and and um they were called scale free network they do science books that again was vastly different almost nothing in common with tales from the pub at all or anything that i'd done before to be honest but tell us a little bit about that for people that are are unaware so um that is a graphic novel story about world war one and it's about dysentery and it's about uh the science behind it and about the body's natural defenses against disease and the story follows a nurse in france who is um, you know, tending to wounded wounded soldiers on the front and contracts dysentery. And so it's about her life, but it's about what's going on inside her gut on a microscopic level. So that's drawn like battles. It's drawn um, accurately, but showing all the microbes in battle and what they actually do and how they fight each other. Yeah, right. In, in this sort of grand scale, it looks like, a, you know, war on a grand scale, but mm-hmm. it's just millions of microbes battling. Uh, it's cool. It's really cool. It was really fun and really difficult and really serious as well. Like it sounds, it's kind of weird and zany, but it's it's also serious. So I was drawing in this suddenly trying to draw in a serious style when I drawing drawing the the human beings rather mm-hmm. than making them all exaggerated. I was trying to go for a more serious style. Ah oh, man, that was that was tops fun. What was your process when when they approached you with it? Like what was the what was the thinking behind it for you? How did you or decide to approach it? Well, they had. There was actually I was working with three people there was the creators of the story one of them had the science one of them had the storyboards another was writing it yeah Ailsa was writing the story the diet you know the script and everything and so they would lay it all out for me in sort of a um kind of just like a strange word document you mm-hmm. know like a script but it wasn't a script it had descriptions and everything it was really unusual but i guess it was the first time they've ever done a comic and i to be honest, I don't know how you meant to do a comic in that sense. But yeah, so I'd just read that and then I'd just submit roughs to them. I spent a few months just drawing the, the rough pages, f- figuring out the, the, the script and everything like that. Cutting it down by about 50% because it was enormous. Yeah. It would taken years. There's so much information in there. And then, yeah, just, oh, I, I can't remember. It was like a, it was like information overload. I was getting so much reference material looking up so much reference material photographs of microbes photographs from world war one that was really hard finding material from world war one trying to find what the vehicles really look like from every different angle yeah These incredibly blurry photos amazing it was the hardest thing i've ever done it was like boot camp for comics it was really good and then yeah and by the end by a miracle i managed to do it on time and hard work yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That too. <laughs> I was working. My I didn't have any days off for like months, and um, but it was really good because in Australia it's not often that you get. I, I guess for me anyway, I'd not often been published before. It's really good to have someone approach you like that. It's like step up now, your life's work, your yeah. life's experience. Now we want you to step up and do this, do this impossible thing by this stage, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels really good, right? It's the hardest thing ever, but this is everything's led up to this i'm going to show them what i can do and i you know did that and it was, it was really really good i was uh was really happy to do it um but it sounds like a fairly collaborative effort oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 it was it was it was it was more than 
three others. It was something like four four other people. There was a scientist involved as well. Uh, yeah, it, just lots of people all collaborating on this thing. While I was drawing, they were doing research and they were doing all kinds of stuff. Um, so eventually, when it came out, it did really well, and we were all pretty proud of it. You know, yeah, it looks great. It looks great. How long did it take for you from like let's say go to woe for you like drawing or drawing it? Oh, sorry, how long did it take uh, from from the drawing mm-hmm. point of view? I reckon I would have spent uh, to 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 pencil all sixty four pages would have taken a couple of months. I reckon. Okay. And then there was fix ups and stuff like that. The inking was solid daily long days every day for a month and a half i remember it was a month and a half of inking yeah non-stop early in the morning late at night get up in the morning ink straight away yeah wow it was intense that sounds intense yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it was meant to be a month and then it turned into they gave me a couple extra weeks i think so far out and were you doing the inking uh in between or so you penciled the whole thing yeah then got them to approve it oh yeah 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 yeah. so so yeah and in and in batches so so any time they needed to get everything approved every single page and everything had to be approved and looked at mm-hmm. that's the problem with working with you know largest teams yeah. right and not just that the story works but also the science behind it has to be correct mm-hmm. there can't be any errors they have to get everything right and historically correct as well yeah. so there's those, those those things so it was like i would have to get approval can i have this can just give me what let me go. Let me do something. Mm-hmm. Give me a page. What page can I ink? Quick, 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 like this. I was always hounding them for that. And they would give me, okay, do this page, this page, and this page. And like, okay, awesome. And I'd do it like that. That's yeah, wow. how I'd do it. And then they said, okay, you can do this page and this page. Here's 10 more pages you can do. Excellent. And I'd do them. It was like that. That's how it worked. Wow. And then eventually they just said, okay, go, go, do it all. And, and so I did. I did it all out of order, in strange order. And um, yeah, man, it was fun. It was really good. Yeah. And obviously you've brought you've brought a lot of that experience forward to your other projects. Yes. You mean experience from from that book? Yeah. Yeah. Because the or, or am I am I mistaking the timeline? Is it that was a late that was a book you did later on? Very much later on. Right. That was, right, that was okay. sorry. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. A few years ago now. Okay. I forget. 2015, 16, maybe. Yeah, I think I do yeah. remember it coming out around. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, my yeah. last big, giant project, that I got commissioned to do anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every new thing I do is a different thing. Well, there was, you know, one of one of uh, the the way I see it, one of your my f- more famous things was uh, walking to Japan. Japan. Yeah, so that was when I first moved to Melbourne. That was cool. That was um, so I really loved Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And I just had that idea of waiting outside a waiting outside a airport once, and um, thinking about Japan and how much I loved it and how great it would be if you didn't have to go to the airport. You could just go there. You could just go there. How would I get there? I would walk there. So I had this just idea in a split second about you would have to grow really big to make it not take four years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, turn into a giant walk there. And uh, it just wrote itself immediately like that. And uh, a silent comic. And that was 2011. I then got phoned up one day by the NGV who were doing that show uh, called um, Inherent Vice. And, and so when I was at that show mm-hmm. it was a, a residency with all these other artists and um i did it then put aside that time just to work on it so it was like the that was such a good project perfect time to do that so project. if i've got this right you came up with the idea mm. you sat on it and mm. then when inherent vice said hey come along and do this thing yeah that's when you smashed it out yeah yeah because i have a, i have ideas all the time so i've got like a bit of three or four or five notebooks and um 
just always scribble down ideas and put them on my phone as well, I've got ideas on my phone, and then I've also got ideas written down and just everywhere, mm-hmm. recorded ideas that I really, really, well, maybe not really, really, otherwise I'd draw them, but ideas that I want to do one day. And and that was one of them that I just really believed in. Oh, I could do that one day, and then it's just trying to find the time. So, yeah, when something like that comes up, you know that's the time when you sit down and, and uh, what's the word, knock knock this thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it came out and um, put it out as a as a newspaper, I'm going to reprint it again soon, but th- yeah, I brought that out as a newspaper. It did really well. It, it, Milk Trader Books did a reprint of it, and, and it looks amazing. It's an amazing story. Thank you, thanks. I still get feedback. I still get so much praise for that one. They showed it at the cinema and everything, um, with a soundtrack and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, it made a real impression. This big newspaper. Have you thought about maybe animating it and getting someone to animate it? I have not thought of that. And if someone wants to animate it, please go ahead. <laughs> don't, don't bother me until it's finished. Just do it. Right. You don't want any input? <laughs> Just make it good. <laughs> make me look good. <laughs> since that, since both of those projects, you've also gone on to do Ballisto? Oh, yeah, okay. So, so the Iron Bard. <laughs> Okay, so that was 2015, and that was another idea I had. It was a music poster, and I drew this awesome barbarian, and that was that's it. I just drew this great barbarian for this this poster for a gig called Whiskers and Whiskey, Whiskey and Whiskers. So it was all these bands that were beard based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was the Beards, <laughs> and there was a couple who of other bands who are no longer around, unfortunately. Oh, you know, you know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. dear. I've never heard him. Oh, well, yeah, that was for them, and I drew this big dude. And he is this big barbarian, you know, with a banjo, screaming, walking through snow. And I think I like the picture so much. Someone suggested, someone from Top Shelf, it was actually suggested when I was talking to them about publishing something of mine when they first started, actually, Mm -hmm. just as an interesting bit of knowledge. They said, screw that idea. I want to see a comic about this guy. I thought, okay. Unfortunately, during the creation of that comic, I kind of lost contact with him. They blew up really big and then I just sort of, spent ages on it spent like a year or something like that drawing this comic and it was great had music in it and everything i wrote because I, I write music as well so i wrote these funny little ditties that go into the artwork and you can play them if you want you know and it's just a funny little action adventure that's right because the from memory did you ha- did you list the um the music in it like you could play it is that correct yeah it's on that's a score yeah. it's like a s- right. visual score and um I'm not saying it's going to be great music or anything like that, but it's just funny little tunes that go through it, like it's a soundtrack, mm-hmm. sort of, but it looks nice on the page. Man, that was difficult to make that comic far out. And, <laughs> yeah, this dude, this mysterious barbarian sort of infiltrates this, like, office building and fights his way up and up and up each level and uh, with with different instruments while all this music goes, and it's just very silly. It was really fun to make and... Um, that was released by Milk Shadow Books in 2015. That was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was another great one. Just to sort of, they're always one-offs. I, I don't tend to stick with anything. Usually I change from one to the next. Is it is it part of con- uh, just continually challenging yourself or or is it just you have literally that many ideas that you want to try and get them all out of your brain? Kind of, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it, it is that. Yeah, I think, I think that... If my writing skills were better, that I would stick with one character and just keep doing that. But I don't think it's that. I, I think it is. I just a short attention span mm-hmm. and always just get 
sidetracked. I, I've, I've, you know, short attention span. Three months working on one project. That's a long time for a short, of, short oh, attention man, span. I was doing tons of things at once. Though. <laughs> I do always do tons of things at once. Just yeah, yeah. Get sidetracked. I, I produce all these different things. Um, yeah, and that's why that, I just have all these different ideas. It would be nice to be able to concentrate on one thing. Uh, you know, I wish that I'd done a second Iron Bard ages ago. I wish mm-hmm. I just followed it up with another one and another one and another one. But I just didn't. I just did other stuff. But that's cool. Who cares? It's great. I'll do another one one day. You know. And is it? Is it? Are you trying different things with each book? Are you trying different styles? Sli- uh, you know? Slightly different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different styles. Ev- everyone is. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to settle on a style. I still yeah, right. haven't settled on one. Um, I think Iron Bard's the closest to what I naturally want to do. Yeah, right. It's it's it is based on real proportions and real figures and realistic looking stuff, but stretched a bit so that it can still be funny and really weird. Yeah, yeah. And you can just draw someone stupidly in one frame and then go to a good frame in the next one. I kind of like that. Um, I, I enjoy that. I guess that would be the the hardest part about it is to to actually find what you're actually looking for when yeah. you when you're drawing it is it really is so with that comic with Iron Bard I began it and then I did about 10 pages worth of it and then changed the style I changed the pens I was working with actually and was suddenly having this big crisis about what do I do now? Do I keep going in the original or do I change, you know, some some bits of it I drew about three times, not knowing exactly how to approach it. It's full of trees. It's set in the bush. I still don't know how to, how I'm meant to draw a tree. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm still just trying different stuff. Yeah, there's, it's weird. Yeah. No, well, is it, what is it, hands and feet? Usually people have the biggest problem with I, I love hands and feet the best. Actually. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. Because they're hard and because I can do them. So I want to do them. <laughs> I, have, I have characters pointing into the camera. If I have, if someone comes up with an idea, they're definitely going to be holding up the idea yeah. finger, index finger. Yeah, I love hands. I love wrinkly hands. Feet are great. I'm still figuring feet out, but mm-hmm. I think I can get them pretty good. If you can figure those out, man, just, yeah, that's, you're, 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 you've got one up on a lot of people. Well, isn't it just purely because they're the things that people want to draw the least? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's why. Figure feet out. It's not going to take you long. It'll take you a couple of weeks. That, I'm talking to artists now. Just bloody do feet. Who's that guy? Deadpool dude? Oh, you're talking about Rob Liefeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feet hard. <laughs> he's famous for that. They even referenced it in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, his, his, his feet were shocking. His feet were shocking. <laughs> I, I remember. Hit them All right, so Ben, you've got this huge amount of work. Yeah. That um, people may or may not still be able to find in certain circumstances. Oh yeah. Um, how? What got you doing comics in the first place? Like, what was it that was it? Were you were you reading comics at the time? Was it? Uh, what was the inspiration for you to go? You know what? Oh, I really want to do a comic. Yeah. Um. So British comics is the answer to that. Right. Yeah. Discovering them. There's something about them that's so that was so different. I, I did have comics. I didn't care about them. Didn't care about. Richie Rich and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They were fine, but, you know, like anyone else, just out a few didn't really care. Yeah. And Disney ones and Archie, they were fine. They were fine. But, uh, but yeah, when reading those British ones, just they immediately looked, it was like they were reaching out and grabbing me, like they were really speaking to me. Which ones in particular? I was like Beano. Mm-hmm. And and there was a couple of more obscure ones, but, but they're basically they are all the same. Like yep. they're all the same. Buster... Wizard, all those ones. 
same artists just sort of rotate on rotation yeah, you know yeah. and uh oh, i i adored them i was hooked immediately i can't explain why i think they were unpretentious i don't know, I don't know. not unpretentious I, I don't know what the word is the characters were just walking down the street they were poor they were obviously poor they weren't mm. rich they're just walking down a poor street going oh i'm just going for a walk in the park or something like something really normal mm-hmm. really unglamorous i think they were just very unglamorous yeah right i think that american ones just you could tell they the people making them had no i don't think they had an interest in what they were doing i just felt that as a kid same with a lot of cartoons on tv i felt that this was adults thinking they knew what kids liked but getting it very wrong yeah that, that even happens today it's very but, rare that they nail it yeah 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 but sometimes at least today sometimes you do get one where obviously the people making it are laughing and mm-hmm. right like, like yeah yeah there's a few around that are so good and you just know the people care about it right yeah but yeah back then it was well yeah comic comics and 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 everything yeah it's it's just um it was all pretty naff these ones seemed like they had a bit more heart to them a bit more humanity something like that something i can't put my finger on but they were very very appealing so i switched comics everything now was comic and that was all i ever did just that i would have been 10 nine nine years old or 10 and i have not stopped uh, since then wow yeah like i say just drawing them in books have you kept them all have you kept editions of some of the old sadly not the very first ones i had these giant books drawn all in biro and texter they were they were amazing they were they were incredible they had flip books in them too because they liked animation as well so Mm -hmm. they also had flip books really good ones really long ones in the corner in the corners and the gutters of these books and they're full of comics really odd comics too uh, but I chucked them. <laughs> you know when you get embarrassed for some reason when you're a teenager, yeah. you get embarrassed yeah. by when you were a kid. So I think I threw them away. And um, but then yeah, got into it in high school, year eight or something like that. And I've got all of them. I think I've got pretty much everything I've drawn since then. That was a long time ago. Wow. So, yeah, I'm gonna reprint them. I reckon. I was I was looking at them recently. I dug out these thick packets of piles of old yellow paper with this faded ink that smells really strong now mm-hmm. and it's just great and i just use any pen i could find right so they're all these different pens and just messy and and just really chaotic like anything that i thought was funny any word i heard i thought was funny i would just bleh, draw it on the page bleh, 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 bleh. don't care who's gonna see it just bleh, was having the time of my life right and and that they were so, they're so fun to read and sometimes quite funny too um and it wasn't until kind of recently, like like, you know, that was the, I mean, that was the eighties or whatever it was, the nineties, mm-hmm. early nineties. Uh, teaching, I'm teaching kids now, right? Yep. Sometimes, and just watching them draw makes me suddenly remember what I was like then, and how you do just giggle and wonder about everything, everything you hear, everything that comes to you on TV or movies or ads or anything. You kind of just you wonder about it. You don't quite get it. But it, it stirs your curiosity and you talk about and you obsess over things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're the same, but you just sort of draw these weird little things and you giggle with your friends. They're, they're all doing that. These, these students of mine, these, these kids. And I, it made me go, wow, 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 wow. I can remember. I can remember why, what I used to think when I started comics, you know. And I went back and I dug all these, these old drawings out, which really had this great moment, you know, just looking through them, remembering that's, that's what I was like then. Um. And I actually, what I did then was 
I went back to the studio and I began working on this thing that I've been doing lately called The Australian Idiot. Mm-hmm. It's like a fake newspaper. It's like a satirical newspaper. And it is just nonsense. It's just absolute nonsense. And I got tried to get into that, back into that mindset where I was just write nonsense all the time mm-hmm. and and didn't care and anything that i thought was funny and sounded funny i just i'd write down and so i got these I've, I've been doing this i'm on the fourth one now i've been doing just this free sort of fold-up newspaper this single sheet double-sided sheet called the australian idiot done like a newspaper just with these weird satirical um uh uh news stories and mm-hmm. ad fake ads and it's all cut out as well it's like cut up from newspapers and, and rearranged and graffitied on and, and stuff like that and just pure nonsense i've been enjoying doing that so it's like an in-between project yeah right we're here talking with ben hutchings on graphic nature and uh we'll be right back after this short message hey thanks for listening hope you're enjoying the show uh we are all over social media well not all over it but we've got a few we've got facebook twitter and instagram please jump on facebook and like us if you're enjoying the show as well as following us on instagram and twitter you can find all the details on the website graphicnature.media thanks very much this has been a graphic nature public service announcement have you been reading anything in particular you know what, what is it that inspires you that's outside of comics are you still reading comics uh so i stopped right i basically stopped reading comics so when i when i started in the early 90s right and i mm. got really into it i started getting really into drawing them i kind of stopped reading a lot and, mm-hmm. and actually stopped paying attention to whatever was out there stopped paying attention to shows and stuff and all this stuff passed me by i wasn't getting any input at all like I, entire shows space invader zim is that what the fuck is that his name sorry i swore then is that is that his name i did i missed it missed it all 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 this these famous shows that came and went rocco's modern i don't know what i don't know what that is no you don't know no 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 oh good oh good yeah not the only one okay good (laughs) i liked ren and stimpy that Mm -hmm. was amazing but that's going way back that's going that's that's late 90s yeah i haven't been paying attention Mm. I, i stopped um Adventure Time, missed it all, um, all, all that stuff, and and in comics same same deal. I really stopped paying attention. I kept I kept reading like Phantom, I kept reading Judge Dredd, but um, and Viz, but but the occasional thing. But but really, I'm not not paying any attention at all. <laughs> what about like peers? What about work from peers or, or you know even even cr- creators that you know that you know well? Um, sorry about about their work. Or yeah, what? yeah. You like you uh, is that the do you kind of read that kind of stuff or you steer clear of it? Not, not, not intentionally, but just a little like, like after a, um, after a, oh yeah. Like Chris Gooch. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's very easy to just put it in front of you and start reading. And then mm-hmm. and it's actually quite a quick, his stuff is quite quick to read for me. Or yep. It's quick for me to read. Yeah. Um, so I, I've actually just sort of read his with no effort. Like it's been really easy because he's there in the studio. Chris is part of my studio mm-hmm. and his books are always around, so it just has to be like, read it. Awesome. And, you know, and, uh, but yeah, usually, again, I, I've got a giant amassed pile of stuff to read. Yeah. And, and got to get onto it. every zine fair. I buy a little pile of stuff. Every comic con, I buy a little pile of stuff <laughs> and then don't read it. And well, it doesn't sound like you have much time <laughs> with all the stuff that's going on in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, uh, I could get around to it eventually, maybe. I like buying them. I still like buying comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you could recommend me some stuff afterwards. <laughs> Something that I would like. Well, it depends on what kind of stuff you you're into, really. Uh, I like really imaginative action adventure. Mm. All mm. right. 
Mm. I'll throw some at you. Mm. Mm. Hopefully, uh, hopefully <laughs> they work out. You know, yeah. to be ones you like. Oh, okay. So I read uh, the latest thing that I read, big thing, was uh, Lock and Key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. Read the whole series through. You know the one? Yeah, yeah. I'm very familiar with it. Uh, although I have an issue with with horror comics as such. What's that? Mainly, mainly from the perspective of uh, they never make I, – I, I, they never sell me on the horror part. Do you mean that you're never scared? Yeah, well, that it's, it's – you know, it's like – it, for me, it never translated. Never translated on the page. Yeah. Um, I think the closest I've gotten to a feeling, you know, or a tense feeling, yeah. would be reading. Uh, I think it was Jeff Lemire's Swamp Thing from about two or three years ago. Uh-huh. Uh It was part of the Rebirth. I think DC Rebirth or something like that. Uh-huh. And um, and I read it and. The way that they dealt with the characters of, I think it was called the Void or the Dark, or, or it was it was one type of one particular character that, or the Rot, it mm-hmm. was something to do with rotting, and the way that the artist and I can't remember his name, but the way the artist drew the figures and, and the humans, mm. and the way that they would they would like decay was so grotesque that it it actually almost made me not want to look at it. it was gross. Wow. And so from that perspective, I go, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like I get gross. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, someone can can draw something in a particular way that can make you feel that way. Yeah. But horror in a book never kind of really, never really sat well with me. Like it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it. I was never scared, but I do enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I really liked the very old. 1970s, um, sort of twist at the end style black and white horror movie uh, comics. Mm-hmm. You know the ones that. Oh, turns out he was the vampire all along. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know that that sort of thing. Uh, a scientist takes a serum and oh no, now he turns into a wolf or something like that. You know? Yep. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Those those ones. I had these little compilations. There's DC ones. Creepy, I think, was another one. And they're not scary. No. They're entertaining. But I agree that. I'm not scared because it's just a drawing. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't, and I, I get, I get it's all basic, based on yeah. uh, entertainment. But yeah. at the same time, I, I always kind of thought that if I'm reading something that's supposed to be horror, you know, mm. I would like some sort of element that at least put me on edge, or you know, there was something there that could do that for me. What, what do you reckon about the Japanese ones? I haven't really paid much attention to yeah. a lot of the a lot of Japanese or, or Japanese horror comics as such. I think that I think that's one realm for me that yeah. um, I would most like would would most need to to explore a lot. I, I think, think that's I, the answer. Those ones have something about them, and it's. Uh, I'm talking like Death Note and all those kinds of nah, things. No, not Death Note. Um, uh, and the guy's name, I, was, it, I forget. I forget the dude's name. Is Ijo, Ijo, Ito. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a few different ones, and they're very surreal. They're they're odd because they're done in that cute Japanese style mm-hmm. with the big eyes and everything. Not not a, not the usual style, but 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 they're just really odd. Yeah. And unsettling, and full of grotesque body horror. So yeah, right. you know, a face opening up, but there's an eye underneath. That's that sort of that sort of thing. 
they actually do look scary because they're mysterious and, and unusual to mm. read. So. Yeah, I think, look, I, don't get me wrong. I do believe that there are people out there that can draw this kind of stuff that yeah. really can freak you out. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I've read that I've tried mm. that, that pretends or that portends to be, uh, you know, this is gonna this is gonna blow your mind. It's so scary. It's mm. gonna freak you out. It's the first mm. time a com- you know a comic book has done this, and you read it and you go, well, actually not. It's not. It's not that all that big, and it's not that bombastic. It's not that. It's not that fucking scary. Yeah, I know. If you can hear, you, with comics, you get the personality of the writer coming through, without their, without meaning, without the writer meaning to. And sometimes, like a lot of comics, I'm just thinking of a dude my age. It's probably some American guy. Not a scary dude, very ordinary dude, trying to be scary, and that that comes through, or you know, in the in the in the book, that just doesn't, yeah, doesn't work for me. But if I know the person writing writing it is completely insane, or a criminal, or something like that, that will actually come through and and work. Like it's the the thing you're reading has to feel unsettling. So it? so I suppose much like the argument that uh, you can tell the difference between, uh, let's say, for for instance, between a female writer and a male writer, you can actually hear the voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can sometimes. Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how good I am at it. So you can definitely sometimes tell if a man's writing. <laughs> For the most part, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and it's and mainly in the way that they write women. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the tell-all. And I can only tell now because. Feminists have written about that stuff, and I've read what they've written, and now I've been—it's been pointed out. And I go, oh yeah. Well, I think <laughs> for me, the, the the main point, and I think I've, I've I've said this many times to many people, it wasn't until a few years ago when mm. women started getting into the commercial industry in the mm. states, where now it's a lot—it's a lot easier to pick, uh, who's you know who's writing or right. which gender is writing. Yeah, right. Um, right. and. Yeah, it's just completely different voice. Like you can hear, like you can hear it when you're reading it. Yeah, it's completely different. It's yeah. like you know, this is what a woman would actually say, and then yes. you read the dude's one, and it's like this is what a man thinks a woman would actually <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. You know, in that situation, it's, that stuff is still being made too. Yeah, and it just gets more and more cringy. And don't get yeah. me wrong. Like there are some, there yeah. are some people out there that can. There are some uh, male writers out there that can write. Yeah, decent sure. women. Yeah, um, but I think it's all in the intention, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Uh, where they're coming from uh, and and whether you know whether they actually include the women as a char- the woman as a character in their book or if it's just a throwaway oh she's that character's just there cuz i need a female in the in the yeah yeah you know yeah absolutely book, which yeah. i think is disappointing yeah yeah <laughs> have you ever thought of doing a um a graphic novel uh, something a little bit more autobiographical Oh, autobiographical. Yes, it's on my list of things to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really want to do that. Um, do you have the time? <laughs> we just make the time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I don't have the time. Um, I had a couple of projects that I really wanted to I, I am recording just little moments in life that I, I wanted to bring out just a sh- small um, mini comics, you know, now and then just little, you know, vignettes and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I, I really love doing that. I haven't done enough of it very rarely, but I think I'm good at it, I think. And I, I would love to do that. I'd love to write about just life at Squish Face, hanging out with hanging out with the people there or, or just, just little things. I find life so interesting and so funny all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't record anything about it ever, ever you know. It's all in your brain though, isn't it, Ben? It's all, all up there. You yeah. could totally do it. Yeah, I'd love to. I really would. But I was talking recently with Mandy Ord and we have a lot of... T- <laughs> we, did a, we did an interview together mm-hmm. where we interviewed each other recently and it went up on, um, went up on the lifted brow. It was just us having a chat, informal chat. It was cool. And then after we hung up and finished the interview, the two of us began talking about toilets. Yep. And we just started laughing about toilets. And I was like, damn, we should have been recording this. But it came out at, that we just had all these stories about toilets. And, and so I've always wanted to do a book, a graphic novel, or a collection of stories and observations about toilets. And I was thinking of getting Mandy in on that. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Collaborating. Just there's so many things to think about <laughs> on that subject. And no one's done that. No one cares about them. No, they don't. They're not even in movies. You never see I people know. in the toilet in movies. But they're not just a place to go to the toilet in. They're <laughs> so much more than that, man. They're everywhere and they're so diverse. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, they differ from country to country. I know. Yeah. Yep. They can be the greatest experience of the day or they can be an absolute nightmare that ruins your day. You know, they can. Yeah. There's a lot to be said to be. Un, it's an untapped well of entertainment i think always is that would be one (laughs) that would be one thing i don't want anyone to think that my life is going to the toilet but you know that is something i want to write about i think (laughs) sorry (laughs) 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 are are you predominantly working uh with with digital stuff or you still pen and ink yeah still pen and ink Uh, because that's what's got me into it right and um I, i i always think about that you know I've got prejudices. Everyone has prejudices, especially artists, because something gets you into the art form in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. It's seeing something or having a go or whatever that that makes you go, oh, "I want to do this." And for me, it was you know, it was black and white art on paper, stuff with brushes, stuff with pens, and that was what got me into it. So anything deviating from that, I'm less interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about a tablet i just i have no interest whatsoever in ever using one i have no interest i've mucked around on them they're like a miracle they're amazing yeah i can't deny that and computers are incredible as well and i I do use them somewhat but but um i have zero interest in ever going uh digital ever i would hate the idea of starting a great project and then it's on a it's not real. It's like digital. I don't get it. I, yeah, really strange. That's just that is a prejudice. But it's um, that's that's how I am. Um, so I think I'll stick with paper forever. I've got every single drawing of nearly every drawing I've ever done. It's it's all in boxes at home, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad I can look through it from every couple of years and just be blown away. You know, it feels so good to look at it. It's interesting that because a lot of people nowadays, you know, they they look at it from the perspective of output, and uh, I've got this digital thing now and. You know, yeah. you can just go over, erase, you know, it, yeah. there's a, the functionality of it is, yeah. is so much greater. I know. But I know. you do end up losing, you know, that tangible yeah. feeling of, of looking at an original piece of work. I know, I know. That, that actually is the biggest thing, yeah. And you can print it out, I'm sure, but, but no, I, I, that bothers me. That bothers me, not having that original thing some deep level really bothers me <laughs> I don't I would no I, I I understand completely I want that paper but I do use digital of course I do because I I've got to colour it and I also have to fix it I mean you can't deny it man layers undo buttons incremental saving and it's all <laughs> just, it's a magic it's yeah. like magic yeah, yeah. man 
So yeah, I, I, I use digital for certain things, touch-ups and stuff. I'm not going to mess around with glue and minute drops of whiteout to fix one word or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose it's all part and parcel of the process of spending so much time in working with comics that at the end of the day, if there's a tool that's going to make something a lot easier for you, why mm. wouldn't you use it? Yeah, yeah. And some of the real old school artists have no such hang-ups, man. Like some of those dudes just switched. They just switched right over to to to, uh, to digital mm-hmm. and you can't tell at all. You can't tell at all. I, I disagree. I think I you can. Do you? Yeah, yeah right, right, I think right. you can. And yeah. for the most part, the whether whether it's, you know, the printing process has become so much more uh, technologically advanced. Right. Um, but I think I think the line weight's completely different. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the line true. weights and even the way that the drawing comes comes out and and now with the digital coloring mm. has further changed the way that the images look. Digital coloring has always just looked like digital coloring, hasn't it? There's no getting around that. It doesn't look like. It doesn't look like anything else. I think I think you, it's you, it's you. it's easy for us, you know, f- who who uh, have seen have seen the the, the uh, what's say the the change have been there through the entire yeah, right. the, the entire change. Yeah. And you look at the way things are printed from the eighties and yeah. all the way through yeah. through the nineties and the two thousands yeah. and up to now. Yeah, and there's quite a remarkable change. And you yeah. can tell, you know, it's like well, there's no way that. That could have been done by hand. Yeah, yeah. What? Just, I mean, you can edit this out too. But in the nineties, there was a moment in late nineties when it wasn't quite computers, but they were getting gradients in. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yes. Those ugly X Men ones that used to be <laughs> yeah. had those f- like a garish bright green that faded to a, pur- a horrible dark purple and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was airbrush almost like really yeah. airbrush. is that what it was, was yeah it well i don't know if it was airbrush but they would have been using computer it would have been computer um something rather computer yeah yeah computer something there was digital coloring is probably but you know back then the capability of it wasn't yeah. as great as it is today yeah um so uh, they didn't have photoshop so they probably would just could do basic gradients well they would have they would have i think uh from memory photoshop was albeit in there you know there was probably Photoshop version two or three oh, okay. available in the early 90s from oh, memory. Oh, okay, okay. So all of that kind of stuff would have been a little bit funky, particularly the image stuff when I look at it now and I yeah. just go, well, you know, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, mama. And they still, you know, it was still decent, decently mm. coloured, but mm. the quality of it, it compared to something now, compared to what they can do now is is hugely different. Yeah. But, you know, that, that being said, I think, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of independent artists as well as... as Big time artists in the states posting a lot of their work that they do at home, you know, online. And considering that you work mainly in a space of tactile kind of materials, mm. how does the whole online posting your stuff online? How does that work for you? Oh, good question. I, I've never quite got the hang of that. My stuff is not made for it. I think mm-hmm. it's not made for online. It, it, sometimes I do something very short, a four four panel thing, and it, it you know. It, gets a lot of attention um oh the answer is i have to scan it the end that, that's the answer to what you asked i scan it i scan it, put it up. <laughs> but what i meant was like so so obviously you get people who who are interested who want to see more of your work yeah yeah and yeah. you know you have to obviously promote yourself somehow and yeah and now we have uh well you know these are remarkable applications on our phones and on our tablets and our computers and surely using that kind of stuff would only benefit you 
Uh, yeah, a bit. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I, I never really sort of have much luck with it. The thing is, the comics I drew would be about like five pages long or something like that. And it'll be now and then, and it'll be something completely different than the last thing. Mm-hmm. And it'll be sporadic. Sporadic? Sporadic? Sporadic. sporadic. Um, and I haven't done one in ages. That's the other thing. But I'm sort of rambling and blabbering like a madman. I guess I've never done them regularly enough. A, a comic that goes for about five or six pages is not as sort of bite-sized and easy as, let's say, a regular four-panel square comic that you can put on Instagram. Yeah, right. See, Instagram is ideal for that. You mm-hmm. know, it's actually amazing, but I don't necessarily work in that in that format. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in this strange in-between place where I bring out a book. I don't want to show off the whole book. So, yeah. you know... Well, Makes it tough. It doesn't doesn't help me heaps. <laughs> I, I like taking in progress photographs of the picture on the table with the pen next to it and that sort of thing. I love doing that, and uh, that 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 that's nice. But that's not the same as po- getting my work posted online mm-hmm. and, and shared around and stuff like that. Yeah. Just before we finish up, what uh, what are you working on at the moment, and did, what's did, what's up did, for did, uh, Ben Hutchings in the very near future? Been working on a kids' graphic novel for thirteen years. Da-da-da. Holy moly, just, look at that. Just come out. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's called Minnie Mel and Tim and Tom. I've been working on it forever. It's a kid's story. A kid's story about a little girl and her cat. She shrinks down to the size of a mouse and rides around on her cat throughout the suburbs having adventures. And I coloured and drew that whole thing. And that's why it's taken me... <laughs> this must have taken ages. Years and years. It would take a solidly, probably, if it was all compacted, all the work would be a couple of years, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Be three years, two or three years. That looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big book there, and I'm putting it out in shops as we speak. So that's what I was doing just before I came here. Oh, great. Going to be distributing it around, put it in all the major comic shops, try and get it in all the major bookshops. Or you can get it off me. And you can purchase that online and all that kind of stuff. I have an Instagram for it, Mini Mel Tim and Tom. I have a website for it, melandtom.club, C-L-U-B. Or you can just look up Ben Hutchings, cat comic. <laughs> just look up Ben comic cat, Melbourne. This you know, unreal. Google's great these days. You don't have to give these stupid long e- <laughs> website addresses. It's great because it all fills it in for you too. You just <laughs> yeah. start typing and it goes, do you mean this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. So... I'll be having launches for that down in Melbourne. Hopefully, I'll get to travel around a bit and have launches in other cities. Mid-July, early July, throughout July. Thank you very much, Ben, for coming in and chatting to us here at Graphic Nature. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you use. It will be greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts regarding the show, feel free to send us an email or send an email to feedback at graphicnature.media. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, For more information about the show, visit Graphic Nature on the web by typing in your handy web browser or search engine graphicnature.media. See you in a couple of weeks. And for, well, yeah, just see you in a couple of weeks. How about that? (laughs) Thanks very much, Ben. Thanks. Credits. Written, produced, edited, and presented by Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio consultation and additional production. Archie Cuthbertson, Dan Moore. Credits announcer, Simon Winkler. Theme character voices, Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio excerpts of Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency, Wortham versus Gaines on Decency Standards, used courtesy of New York City Municipal Archives. 
You've been listening to Graphic Nature, the podcast.